0: so, you can focus on your core business goals, confident in the knowledge that your enterprise is secure, compliant, and running smoothly. To learn why enterprises choose SixthSense, visit SixthSense.com.
1: The vulnerability first came on my radar as part of an internal review for a potential dependency.
0: That's Kelby Ludwig. He's a senior application security engineer at Duo Security. The research he's discussing today is called Duo Finds SAML Vulnerabilities Affecting Multiple Implementations.
1: During that process, I identified a somewhat uh, unintuitive behavior when I inserted comments, which are valid in the SAML world, to these messages. And so from there, once we identified the single instance and looked into the root cause of the issue, uh, it turned out that this unintuitive behavior that we were noticing actually seemed like it could be a bit more common than just this one specific instance. Uh, so once we realized that, we determined that it would be an interesting idea to look at other you know, SAML service providers and libraries and see if it was a widespread issue. And it turns out that there were a number of um, vendors and libraries that were affected by this type of issue.
0: So let's back up just a little bit uh, for folks who may not be familiar with it. Can you describe to us what is SAML? What does it stand for and what's it used for?
1: Yeah. So SAML is the Security Assertion Markup Language, which is why people say SAML, uh, because that's (laughs) a bit more of a mouthful to say. Um, And so what you'll see SAML used uh, in is it's a common language that's used for uh, most often in a single sign-on system. So uh, single sign-on is frequently used within organizations to give employees an easier authentication experience. So with single sign-on, you log into one application and that grants you access to, in turn, multiple different applications. Mm -hmm. So this is great for users because it requires them to remember less passwords. They're entering passwords less frequently because they they sign in once and then they are granted access to multiple applications.
0: So that's what it is. Uh, What's going on under the hood that uh, sort of exposed this vulnerability that you discovered?
1: The way that SAML works is these, SAML itself, this common language that multiple people speak, um, these messages are passed between a user's browser. So if you are logging into one service and then you then want to log into all these other services this message is passed through your browser so ultimately as the attacker you can touch this like effectively hold on to these messages and edit them as you please now generally speaking you shouldn't be able to do that because there's cryptographic signatures on on these messages as they're passed through your browser hmm. so what we identified was a way to edit these messages and change their meaning Without uh, invalidating these signatures, so as a attacker, when these messages are passed through your browser during this the normal authentication experience, um, you end up possibly authenticating as different users than uh, what the service intended you to log in as. So, take for example, uh, say you have the you're the user John Doe, and you log into your service as normal. Um, say it's your email provider is. Who you log into every day when you start your day at work once you log in as john doe and you want to then access say your financial information through for payroll the saml message is passed through your browser but if you were malicious and you want to maybe access the financial information of someone with a slightly different username like john you can edit these messages and authenticate and see john's financial information hmm.
0: So let's dig into some of uh, what's going on under the hood here, why you're able to make this work. Um, So take us through some of the details.
1: Yeah. So the way this ends up working is these SAML implementations have made a false assumption about what the DOM would look like once they're processing this data. And so the DOM is basically, you can think of it like a tree. What these implementations expect is that uh, your username in this in this tree should only have just one branch. And so what it ends up doing in some cases uh, is taking the first bit of information from this branch and using that as your username. But in reality, these comments, when you add them, it actually splits the tree out into multiple branches. And so you end up only taking out part of the username that you're using to authenticate these users.
0: Hmm. And this is all within XML, correct? This
1: is all within XML, yeah. This is not technically wrong, it's just kind of unintuitive. You have to, it, basically you would have to know that a comment won't invalidate an, a SAML assertion signature, and but it will split this tree into multiple branches. So it, it, what's also interesting about this vulnerability is it's not exclusive to truncating towards the end of the text. So earlier I gave the example of John Doe being truncated to John. So there are possible variants, and I, someone has self-reported a variant to us, of something like not a truncation, but actually extracting the end of the comment. So in the case of you know John Doe becoming John, you could also have a variant of this vulnerability where uh, instead of adding a comment and getting John. You could add a comment and get Doe.
0: I see. So it's one of those situations where it's not necessarily a bug. It's more a behavior, albeit an unexpected one.
1: Exactly. It, It would be like saying SQL injection is a bug class, and you could have SQL injection affect a different service in a completely different way. So everyone has their own instance of SQL injection if they're affected, but the general idea is the same.
0: So help me understand how this this concept of of the tree works and what the real world effects would be of of being able to get, I I guess, essentially two different answers depending on how the question was asked. Is that a, a good way to say it?
1: Yeah, that's a great way to say it. So for SAML to work, you need to have a shared understanding of what a user identifier is, So this could be something like an email, this could be something like a username, it could be a set of information, but ultimately what you want is that the two parties that are sending these SAML messages should have a shared understanding of what a user is identified by. And so when you're inserting these comments and and changing the tree and then certain things are getting extracted in weird ways, you're ultimately changing what the understanding of the tree is to both parties which gives you some leeway in uh, who you authenticate as.
0: Now, is there a non-bad guy reason to insert comments like this?
1: You know, um, possibly. Uh, In practice, I haven't seen this. So I I assume that that there is a a valid reason because, uh, you know, it, it, it is something that is standardized. So there could be a very practical reason why someone does want to include comments as part of these messages. But... Uh, in in practice, I've never seen it done. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. So, just to, again for for my clarification, um, can you really lay it out basically for us here? How in, in the real world, um, how someone would exploit this?
1: Yeah, so that's where it gets really interesting. Is this shared language? So, SAML being the shared language allows all the other parties participating to kind of have some flexibility in how they handle things because ultimately what they're doing is relying on the shared language to convey uh, something like a username the way that someone might exploit this is by gaining access to someone's identity provider so in this single sign-on context you log into one application which grants you access to multiple applications as a attacker who has access to the identity provider this could be, say, someone who has legitimate access like an insider threat, or this could be someone that has fish valid credentials for a user. So once you have that level of access, you now have some leeway in what uh, applications you can access and what username you can use to log into those applications. So say you log into your identity provider, and that grants you access to an internal chat application. So now you can take these SAML messages and tamper with them under the context of that user and possibly gain access to a different user that has a similar username.
0: Now, has there been uh, any reports of anyone using this out in the wild?
1: No, we've seen no evidence of this being uh, discussed before or exploited before.
0: And how about uh, protecting yourself against this? What, What are your recommendations there?
1: So I think our recommendation here would be contacting SAML service providers uh, that you may use within your organization and just asking them if they're familiar with the vulnerability, what they've done uh, to protect against this, or if they've already confirmed if they're not affected, just kind of getting that information from them. Because it, it's, it's fairly difficult to tell, unless you're like a, a penetration tester or something like that, it may be difficult to tell if you're affected from a black box perspective, so we just think it's it's best to do, just uh, contact the people that have engineered these systems and see if they have a, a response for what they've done about this vulnerability class.
0: And and is there anything to be done sort of on the other side of it, the way that, uh, that things are parsed? Are there updates or corrections to be done from that end? Or is it, again, like we said at the beginning, just more a, a way that something functions rather than a true bug?
1: yeah so i think there's clearly some level of unintuitiveness to what has happened here because like this isn't a mistake that one person made this is a mistake that multiple people made independent of one another so there's definitely like some level of unintuitiveness or lack of clarity around what should be done in this scenario so this could be something that say like a saml specification update could address to where maybe people that are implementing these specifications have a consideration for how to handle this particular situation.
0: Yeah, it's 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 an interesting one. It's sort of um it's 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 almost like a translation sort of thing. You know, I, I imagine uh if two people are speaking a different language, you really need to depend on your interpreter. And two different interpreters might have subtle nuances in the way they interpret things. And this seems to me to be one of those situations where uh nuanced interpretation can make all the difference.
1: Yeah, absolutely. What's kind of interesting about the what started a big part of this research was the reason or one of the things that made it click for us on, like, hey, multiple people could be affected was once I found this initial bug, I started writing up possible examples that I could find in other XML libraries that exhibited this behavior. And one of the ones I wrote was not technically affected. I just wrote the code wrong. And so it turned... I in writing a proof of concept to describe to other people ended up making the same exact mistake, which really made it click for us. Like, oh, this is like, this person made this mistake. I just made this mistake knowing it's a thing. Mm. Like this, this could be much larger than um, this single instance.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's an easy mistake to make.
1: I think the most important thing is contacting your SAML service provider is probably the best option that an organization can take in the face of you know, looking to remediate this vulnerability, unless you have built a SAML service provider yourself, it's kind of hard to get to that level of intimate detail uh, from, a like, say, a black box perspective. So it, it we strongly suggest just contacting SAML service providers that you may use in your organization or maybe in uh, a different context and just asking if they uh, have been affected by this vulnerability or if they've patched.
0: Now, just uh, from a community point of view, you you discover this sort of thing. Is this the sort of thing where you you go out to the other SAML service providers and spread the word and say, hey, everybody, heads up, we we found something here?
1: Our disclosure process, we uh, went through CertCC. So once we identified that this vulnerability may affect other implementations, uh, one of the things that we did was look at open source SAML libraries that we could find on, say, GitHub and see if we could uh, replicate this across those libraries. And so once we did, that was all local to my computer. Um, so once we had some like local results that suggest that this may be more widespread than just a single instance, that's when we went to search BC to actually contact other SAML service providers, like maybe that have cloud services to disclose the, the general concept and to determine if they were affected before we published our results.
0: It's interesting how nuanced it is. And, uh, it must have been fun for you to kind of have those aha moments when you when you go wait a minute what is this is what's happening what I really think is happening you know that to those those I think if you're like me those kinds of moments can be really kind of fun I think
1: the best ideas and experiences always start with hmm that's a little weird <laughs> right yes exactly or, or
0: wonder I wonder what would happen if I did this
1: <laughs> Yep.
0: our thanks to Kelby Ludwig for joining us. You can find the complete report on the SAML vulnerabilities on the Duo website. It's in their blog section. And now a word from our sponsor, Netscope. Netscope is a worldwide leader in SASE and Zero Trust.